RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorn. Tonight's headlines. Lunar New Year flower markets will bloom again after a government U-turn. Officials step up coronavirus testing in the badly hit Yaoqianmong district. And unemployment rises again, hitting a new 16-year high last month. The government has reversed its decision to scrap all Lunar New Year fares, deciding instead to halve the number of stalls set up and putting in place crowd control measures to reduce the risk of Covid transmission. Francis Sitt reports. Health Minister Sophia Chan insists the policy change isn't a U-turn, but the new arrangement is simply an alternative way to let flower farmers sell their wares. The number of stalls will be halved, and authorities will go high-tech to implement crowd control measures. Infrared sensors will help keep tabs on the size of the crowd, and a traffic light system will be implemented to either allow, slow, or stop people entering specific zones depending on how many people there are. Professor Chan says all flower vendors will be tested for COVID ahead of time and must provide a list of all staff members to help contact tracing efforts if needed. We believe that uh, we have tried our best to lower the infection risk. The decision earlier this month to cancel the fares prompted an outcry from affected offenders. The minister says the new approach strikes a better balance between their interests, people's demand for flowers for the festive season and the need to keep COVID-19 at bay. Authorities are ramping up COVID testing in Shamshipel, Yamatei and Jordan as the number of coronavirus cases continues to rise in the densely populated districts. As Wendy Wong reports, more than half of the 56 new COVID-19 cases confirmed today are residents of the Yaoqianmong area. Authorities have been testing thousands of residents in Yamatei and Jordan amid a wave of infections affecting residents of old tenement blocks there. Undersecretary for Health Choi Tagi says authorities are now adding 17 more buildings in a specified area deemed to be at high risk of infection to the mandatory testing list even before any COVID cases are confirmed. After knowing the number of cases and the background more, for example, their social behaviour, the occupational background, etc., and also the building environment that they are living in, that is why we set up the specified area. After 56 new coronavirus cases confirmed on the day, 31 live in Yaoqianmon area. 22 are of South Asian descent. Testing will also be stepped up in Shamshui-po. Residents living in an area bordered by Yanchao Street, Taipo Road, Maple Street and Lai Kok Road will be ordered to get tested for COVID-19 as soon as a single case is found in the building. But Yaoqianmong District Councillor Owen Lee doesn't think the expanded testing regimen will be effective for residents of subdivided flats. When they receive the order, they already leave the so-called subdivided flat and they go outside the community. It's quite difficult to trace and find where they go and where they live and they want to uh, escape from the order. This is the problem. And there's no one have the name list who are in the list and who are compulsory to have the testing scheme. The government says that from Saturday will ban people who've spent more than a couple of hours in Ireland or Brazil within the last three weeks from travelling to Hong Kong. Officials say both places have seen a rise in a highly contagious strain of COVID-19. A similar ban was put in place for South Africa and Britain earlier, leaving scores of Hong Kongers stranded. Hong Kong's unemployment rate has climbed to 6.6%, its highest level in 16 years. Jimmy Choi reports. The latest jobless figure, which covers the three-month period from October to December last year, was up 0.3 percentage points from the 6.3% recorded for the three months ending November. 
The number of jobless people rose by 1,500 to 245,800 in the latest survey. The city's labour force stood at just under 3.9 million. The Census and Statistics Department says the unemployment rate worsened across almost all the major sectors, with the retail, accommodation and food services industries recording more distinct increases. Meanwhile, the territory's underemployment rate remained unchanged at 3.4 percent. The Labour Secretary, Law Chi Kuang, says he expects the labour market to remain under notable pressure in the near term, amid the fourth wave of the coronavirus pandemic. Meanwhile, EGL Tours is the latest travel agency to announce mass layoffs. 120 guides will lose their jobs, but the company will try to hire them back if the situation recovers. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is just coming up to five minutes past 11. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says her administration will work with Beijing to make changes it deems necessary to Hong Kong's political system. She was speaking in response to a reporter's question on what she thinks of her predecessor C.Y. Lung's suggestion that, the Hong- that Hong Kong's next leader could be chosen via local consultations rather than by the election committee, which includes hundreds of pandemocrats. When Hong Kong's actual situation becomes very high risk, or even to the point of threatening national security or undermining one country, two systems, if the Central People's Government thinks it has to take action, it is understandable. The SAR government would of course cooperate, especially as the chief executive. I answer both to the SAR and the Central People's Government. Mrs Lam also says she doesn't think that making the city's civil servants pledge allegiance to the SAR and the government will damage their morale. Vicky Wong reports. Hong Kong's 180,000 government workers will be given four weeks to sign a declaration or take an oath, with those who fail to do so running the risk of being dismissed. Civil service unions have expressed concern over the ambiguity of the requirement, saying many members are unsure about what constitutes a violation of the pledge. But speaking to reporters before going into Tuesday's Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lamb said civil servants have always been expected to support the government. She was asked whether she believes civil servants will be genuine when they make the Pledge of Allegiance. Whether uh, a civil servant or any person in taking the oath is genuine, I don't think I have an answer. Uh, for that. So ultimately the test lies in the behavior. If somebody who has taken an oath to swear allegiance and pledge loyalty has subsequently done something which is in breach of the oath, then appropriate actions will have to be taken by the authorities. The CE added that the more than 4,000 civil servants recruited since July the 1st last year were very willing to sign the declaration when they took up their job offers. The Hong Kong Journalists Association says it won't be taking its legal challenge over the police's behaviour towards reporters at protests to a higher court. The High Court dismissed a bid from the HKJA last month over police officers' conduct. Candice Wong has more. The Journalists Association had accused the police of acting unlawfully by failing to make sure the media can carry out their duties at protests. 
But a high court judge said last month that although the allegations were reasonably arguable, they couldn't be dealt with in the judicial review case the HKJA had brought. The association says that after consulting its legal team, it decided that the potential cost of losing an appeal would be too much for it to bear. It said it also considered other factors and the fact that there are already other cases on its plate before coming to the decision. The HKJA says it wanted to seek justice for the media after seeing how some frontline police officers had used force against reporters and insulted them since the start of Hong Kong's social unrest in the middle of 2019. The association thanked journalists who submitted statements recounting how they had been ill-treated by officers, including being shot with rubber bullets and beaten with batons. The Education Chief, Kevin Young, says the government will likely incorporate national security education into a wide array of existing subjects at local schools. He told the LegCo panel that officials are still studying the best way forward, but almost every subject touches on national security issues. He spoke through an interpreter. The most effective means is to really integrate the matter with education about, say, a sense of national identity and constitution education. So elements of national security will be incorporated. Say, for example, if we teach about IT, we will talk about the security of IT. That's important to national security. When we talk about food safety, that's also related to national security. The Labour Secretary, Lo Chi Kuang, has stressed that he is listening to the government's Labour Advisory Board after some members said officials had misrepresented their views. Officials had said the board, which is made up of workers' representatives and employers' groups, had reached consensus on introducing five extra holidays for blue-collar workers over the next 10 years. Union representatives on the board said that was nonsense, as they wanted the holidays introduced much faster. Mr Law acknowledged, acknowledged that no consensus had been possible, so the government had to decide. At the end of the day, to make any changes in our legislation is the responsibility of the government to make proposal, not the LAD. As for the situation where there is apparently no consensus, and it is not likely in the foreseeable future there will be a consensus, then the government will have the responsibility to make a decision, to take the proposal forward. Customs officers say they've made their largest seizure yet of counterfeit face masks. Vicky Wong has details. Authorities say they confiscated 330,000 face masks from a logistics company in Kwai Chung last week. No one has been arrested so far. Customs believe the fake medical-grade N95 masks were going to be shipped overseas and an initial investigation suggests they haven't been sold locally. The haul has been valued at $8.5 million, or around $25 a mask. A genuine medical-grade mask would cost around double that. A citywide operation covering personal protective goods like masks and hand sanitizers has so far seen 88 people arrested on suspicion of violating the Consumer Goods Safety Ordinance or the Trade Descriptions Ordinance. A major festival to celebrate the Lunar New Year in Taiwan has been cancelled amid rising coronavirus infections. More details from the BBC's Celia Hatton. A giant undulating light sculpture had already been constructed in this year's host city, Xinju, to welcome hundreds of thousands of expected visitors. But now, Taiwanese health officials are worried about a relatively small outbreak of COVID-19 on the island. 
Taiwan is one of the only places in the world which managed to keep the spread of the virus under control for most of the last year without imposing severe lockdown restrictions. However, the discovery of four locally transmitted cases in one day, the biggest daily rise in 11 months, has led officials to conclude that the Lantern Festival cannot go ahead. A court in Thailand has sentenced a woman to 43 years in prison for posting audio clips from a podcast on social media in which the king was criticised. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports. This woman they have held on to uh, for some reason. They basically, what they've done is they've counted every single upload of the podcast that she made, and she did quite a lot of them, social media, as a separate charge. They've decided to impose this quite extraordinary sentence of 87 years in prison just for Facebook posts, which gets automatically halved because she pleaded guilty. There's huge pressure on defendants to plead guilty. The trials are held in secret behind closed doors, so the evidence never gets tested. Donald Trump is beginning his last full day as President of the United States before Joe Biden is sworn into office tomorrow. Little is known about Mr Trump's final plans, but it's thought he will focus on granting presidential pardons. Here's the BBC's Namia Iqbal. We have heard that he's apparently recording a farewell video message to be released at some point. But also, we're expecting him to pardon up to 100 people for various crimes. Of course, that's something every outgoing president does. It's always very controversial to do so. There's been some reports about, you know, whether he will use this pardon authority on any of the rioters who stormed the Capitol earlier in the month. But we have no confirmation of that. Italy's Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte has urged senators to back his government to allow it to focus on fighting the pandemic as the upper house debates a no-confidence motion. The process was triggered when one of his coalition partners, Matteo Renzi, quit the government and protested its handling of the pandemic. Mr Conte said the crisis risked destabilising the country. He told senators he was proud of how the government had handled itself. If today I can speak to you who are here in this room and to the citizens who follow us from home with my head held high, it is not from the arrogance of someone who believes he has never made a mistake, but from the awareness that together with the whole government we committed all physical and intellectual energies to offering the best possible protection to the national community. To sport and Leicester can go top of the Premier League if they beat Chelsea at home overnight. Leicester famously won the league five years ago when they started the campaign as 5,000 to 1 outsiders. But the current boss, Brendan Rodgers, is keen to play down such lofty expectations. Players have been outstanding up until this point, but something that I always reiterate, you have to retain that hunger and desire, which is very important if you want to constantly be up in that top echelons of the of the league. We are fighting with some super teams, but our guys are competing, and uh, that's all I can ask. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Lunar New Year flower markets will bloom again after a government U-turn. Officials step up coronavirus testing in the badly hit Yechim Mong district. And unemployment rises again, hitting a new 16-year high last month. The news from RTHK.
for what you got getting us started for this second portion of the show Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray the world's most durable DJs staying safe during this current Covid spike playing assorted ballads and easy listening through till one two double three double eight two six six you the sunshine baby whenever you smile but I call you stormy Yesterday's love was like a 